Hey, everybody. This is Kevin Couchman with the podcast, Get This. It's the show about things people love, and I'm joined by guest Ryan Thomas-Riddle. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Kevin? Yeah, I'm doing all right. And and keeping with tradition on the in the show here, it is uh, Friday, July th- uh, 31st in the foul year of our Lord, 2020. And <laughs> I started this this show last year, and that's kind of a Hunter S. Thompson thing, right? And I started saying that, and, and it seems to have become true, and uh, I may need to change it. <laughs> You're the cause. You're the uh, no, reason. No, 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 no. I'm not that narcissistic. Uh, but boy, it is, it, is a, it is a rough one, isn't it, man? And, and Ryan, where, where are you coming from? Where are you right now? I am, I am currently holed up in San Diego in lovely, the lovely suburb of Chula Vista, and it is hotter than heck. Mm-hmm. Right now, okay. I, uh, I went out for a walk just a while ago, just to get out, get some sun, and mm-hmm. man, I was drenched. <laughs> oh yeah, you came home and you were just you were soaked. From yeah, the, I was just drenched, uh, yeah. but I, but I, but I, I dolled myself up for this, so don't. Uh-huh. Worry. Okay, all right, good. I, can, <laughs> I don't I can want see. your ratings to pump plummet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it's that usual face for radio, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I nearly moved to San Diego for grad school, but I, I ended up in Texas. And I'll tell you what, when I first uh, first ended up on the, the campus at UT Austin, it was in the middle of August. And I'm from the north. I'm from North Dakota and then yeah. Minnesota. I lived around. And I thought, oh, this will be easy. I'll just go park, you know, and go see a little bit of the campus. And so I parked at about 11 in the afternoon um, and started making my way across campus. Uh, and I didn't make it. I realized this is this is not joking. Yeah, it says it's 98 degrees. Now in Minnesota, if it's 98 degrees out, it's kind of a humid heat. Right. And you can kind of the the sun, it's gonna you can make it. In Texas, forget about it. You're gonna bake. Is is it like that in San Diego too? Uh it it can be during the summer. It definitely can be in certain parts. Where I live, uh, which is on the east side, I'm farther away from the ocean breeze. Mm -hmm. So it's very it's very dry out here, <laughs> very dry. And, you know, it's just, the sun just beats down. Is that Whereas right? Whereas, uh, yeah, if you live closer to like the ocean, like the downtown area mm-hmm. or uh, some of the beach areas, it's cooler because there's, you know, there's an offshore breeze. It's, um, a, it's a beautiful part of the country. It is, it's very nice. I, I, have, I have what is called a love-hate relationship with my hometown. <laughs> I, and I've made this clear before, so it's nothing I'm embarrassed to talk about. Uh, you know, I San Diego is a weird city for me. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 schizophrenic in a way. It has this veneer during the day, and then at night it's completely different. It's literally night and night and day, right? And uh, when you're when you're like me, you grow up and you're gay and you're liberal and you're like, I got to get out of this town. So uh-huh. I understand. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so I got to okay. get out. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I moved to L.A. first and then I mm-hmm. went to San Francisco eventually. And but, uh, you know, it's but it's a very beautiful town. It's very, very nice. Most times of the year. I can't complain because, you know, in the winter, it's not that cold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice place to live. You kind of have to leave a place to find it as a cliche. And I find that. Yeah, true. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and after I left, you know, I didn't think I was going to come back, but I came back, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here now for a while. I hope to move back to San Francisco within the next few years, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm helping out with my parents are getting older. So it's better that I'm sure. Around. 
Well, that's, that's good that you're doing that. Yeah. I forget some sometimes how great it is that uh, obviously the United States has massive, massive problems. Uh, at the same time, <laughs> we have we have so many different places that we can go. You can just get yeah. in your car and say, you know what, I'm moving to San Francisco, and in, in a week you can have you can be in a rented room. You know, crazy yeah. roommates. Got to be careful. Make sure nobody <laughs> nobody cuts do. your head I'm off. Lucky. I've lucked out. I've lucked out in my time with. <laughs> right. Yeah. I only had one crazy one in college. Okay. Uh, you know. All right. That's that's a story I don't want to. That's go a, that's a different story. All right. So I what hope are we? That person will listen to this I don't want her to be like. I live with that guy. <laughs> I remember that guy. Then it's her turn he to come on. Yeah. Right. She comes I'm on, and sure this is great. Her, I was the worst roommate, and vice versa. This can you be know, the first like, uh, get this podcast feud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but I, I moved when I moved to the Bay Area. I just packed up my truck. At mm. the time, I had an Xterra and SUV, uh, and uh, and I just shoved as much of my crap in there. Mm-hmm. And I drove up eight hours to San Jose because I moved. I I lived in San Jose first before I moved fully into San Francisco. And I got in my apartment by just finding it on Craigslist mm-hmm. and sent right. the deposit. I had friends that lived in the Bay Area. I said, go look at this apartment, make sure I'm going to not die. Right. Or, you know, be in the safe area. And it it's puts the nice. lotion in the basket. It puts the yeah, lotion I, in the uh, basket. Yeah, I, make sure there's no, you know, like scary psychos <laughs> hanging out. Uh, so I, you know, I moved up there and it was a little rinky dink studio apartment, $600 a month. Ugh. And at the time when I moved up there, I was only making about $500, $600 a week. I was uh, making nothing. Wow, I, I was I was living a very artistic, um, um, you know, uh, bohemian bohemian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I had an air mattress, cardboard boxes for furniture. Oh man, uh, my laptop. Cardboard boxes for furniture. Like <laughs> okay. I didn't I didn't have any furniture for right. like, the first year. Right. Oh man, I just had an air mattress and boxes. Mm-hmm. I lived on like you know two buck chuck. Cheese, uh, crackers, yeah, grapes. In, yeah, in San Francisco? Pasta. No, well, in San Jose first. In, in San Jose. When I went in to San, San Francisco, I had a better job. Gotcha. So I could actually afford to eat out mm-hmm. and drink out and go to bars. and mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually be a human, <laughs> yeah. To, 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 you know, because I had, at that time I'd gotten out of journalism. So by okay. that time I already, I actually had a job that paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I worked in journalism, I was kind of like, oh my God, am I going to survive until the next month? Yeah, um, wild. But it's, you know, that's a job of passion. You, you don't do Sure, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, it was, yeah. And then I finally moved to San, San Francisco and I loved it there. I'm more of a city guy. I can't live in suburbs. Mm. I really can't live in suburbs. I'm torn right now about that. My fiance and I are expecting, and we're in downtown St. Paul right now. We had been living in Manhattan. We met in, in New York City. She was in Brooklyn. I was in, in uh, Washington Heights. And then we came back and said, let's split the difference. Because, of course, the Twin Cities are great problems. Right. But uh, at the same time, it, never going to be New York City, right? So right. we said, well, let's let's go into downtown St. Paul, which is a wild right now. Uh, the Citizen app in downtown St. Paul is hilarious. Like uh, right. there was one thing last night, you know, I clicked, I tapped on it, and it said, "Naked woman with fire extinguisher." <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? I'm like, yeah, it kind of kind of makes sense. I'm like, yeah, it, it's pretty hot out right now. I don't know. Um, really wild. 
Uh, but now we're kind of torn, right? Next year, do we move to the suburbs? Do we stay? So that's neither here nor there. But I feel you. It's The suburbs yeah. are a very particular ma- mindset. It is. It's very much a mindset. And, you know, when I lived in San Francisco, the thing I loved the most was my apartment was on the main drag of the neighborhood mm-hmm. in Noe Valley. So I lived right above all the shops all the all the little restaurant all the you, you can know walk to places I could just walk yeah you know? I, I could walk to the grocery store down the street mm-hmm. and just you know whatever and then you know I didn't have to get into a car I didn't have to drive I didn't have to fuss with parking that is so and, you know, hard even, to give up it's so hard to give up and uh, and I only used my car on the work weeks because I had to drive to work mm-hmm. but normally I would not on the weekends Never, I would just take public transport. I'd walk everywhere. San Francisco is very walkable. I, mm-hmm. I one time walked from end to end and it's seven miles end to end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I love that. Here it's like, ugh, if I want to go downtown or if I want to get, you know, if I want to go to this particular place to get food, I'm like, oh, I got to get in the car. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> I'm totally the same way. I, I can completely relate. Well, I want to get to the thing you love that we, we're going to talk about on this episode. Before yeah, you, before you do, I want to, I want to just really briefly mention the one time I was in San Francisco with a buddy of mine, uh, who at the time was working at Facebook. So we came up from Menlo Park to to be in the city, and we took way too much uh, edible. We we had way yeah, too yes, many yes. edibles, <laughs> and <laughs> and we had such a giant freak out in his hotel room the morning the morning after our wild night out. My buddy was who will go uh, nameless was staring into the mirror and he started saying, is this me? Is this my face? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm riding it a little more. I'm like, yeah, man, it's you. He's like, we can't take the train back. There's we can't take the train back. So I think we we took a $200 Uber to get back because the level of freak out was so so intense. You got to be careful with that stuff, kids. You cannot take too much. No, no. Yeah. Please moderate and right. and really consider harm reduction. I'm a very big harm reductionist when it comes to to drugs and yeah, you know, yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it, great, but be careful. Know what you're getting into. Absolutely. Well, this was this was the day after 420, and I remember it was 420, and I said to him, you know, buddy, we can you know we can just call somebody and get some edibles. Delivered. He's like, what, really? I'm like, yeah, this is you're in California. He goes. Huh. So, so I made the call and who should show up, but a dude with, he, he shows up right out of central casting. You couldn't make this up. If you put this in a, in a, in a TV show, you'd be laughed out of, out of the writer's room. He showed up with dreadlocks, a, a Marley t-shirt, a dog with a bandana, driving a Prius. And he just opens up his little case in the back and just perfect. What a great state California is. <laughs> oh yeah. And San Francisco is very, very, uh, the, the, the cops don't care. <laughs> That's not oh. what they're looking for. You know, they don't, right. really care, you know, uh, smoking. they have bigger problems. They have bigger problems. Right. Sure. Um, well, well, also, the police department has its own internal problems, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's everywhere we go, we're trying to stay positive and, and focused and everywhere we go in America, you know, it's like with those chattering teeth, you're going to bump yeah. up against something, uh, police brutality, uh, yeah, in, I know, institutional yeah. racism. Uh, yeah, man, what a, what a time to be alive. Well, so the thing you want to talk about, I uh, tried to segue smoothly, uh, is television, <laughs> prestige television, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Like I, I'm, I am a big television nut. 
it's like the, the, the format that I love the most. Like mm-hmm. I love to read, I read a lot of books, but um, for some reason, the television story form just, just sucks me in mm-hmm. and is, you know, I'm a writer and I've been a journalist and uh, for many years and I've written a, a novel, which is now buried deep within my closet in a shoebox right. that no one will ever see. Yep. Uh, it was my master's thesis. No oh. one will ever see. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, I've always wanted to write scripts and I've, I've been doing that for the last uh, five years in various different ways. I wrote a pilot um, about five years ago, uh, a science fiction pilot, which now I'm looking to turn into a uh, possibly a low budget feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's very self-contained it's in a it's basically in a tin can in space so i don't you know there's no alien planets there's no nothing you're just in this uh submarine like atmosphere so very contained so it could be done on the cheap um and you know i'm working on a horror not a horror um a crime noir uh anthology um uh teleplay right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is with another group of writers and we're you know, working together, writing different scripts for this anthology idea. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I've really, I really want to write TV as in terms mm-hmm. of the outlet yeah. of, 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 of what I'm doing. Uh, and it's also one of the reasons why, uh, you know, the project you're helping me on mm-hmm. uh, of Oz Media, it's one of the reasons why me and uh, my uh, co-founder, Amisha, got into this because we wanted mm. to be able to create our own original IP and try to get that distributed. Um, so, you know, I always had this thing about TV and for me, it hit in about um, when I was a teenager, this is when I really started noticing it, right? You know, as a kid, you watch all those goofy shows and you're like, wow, cool. Night Rider, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Ooh, the 18th. Quantum Leap. Yeah, Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. ooh, cool. That ah, is a cool show. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like for me, it was the old Star Trek. You know, the old sixties sure. Star Trek, right? Yeah. And um, but in the nineties, I started actually really paying attention to a lot of shows. There was a lot of, and not just like science fiction genre stuff. I started paying attention to like the drama, like regular dramas, like. I would watch things like Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, mm. uh, and then later E.R. And then I, was I like, remember when yeah. E.R. came out. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked E.R. I was I was a teenager. Yeah, right. I, yeah, but it seems so cool. Yeah, it was, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was like the nineties. Yeah. Right. I'm not eating myself. I'm still in my thirties. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. But uh, I uh, I started thinking like, man, television has so much potential, right? Television has so much potential for storytelling, right? Um, and I, and I like, and then I started watching British shows. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And then that changed my, that really flipped the script for me. This was when I, I watched a show and I don't know if you know it, but I don't know if a lot of people know it. And it was from the sixties. It's called the prisoner. Right. And it's just 17 episodes of this really weird, surreal, um, <clears throat> spy show. Okay. But what it is, is it's a, this spy who resigns. And he gets sent to this place called the village. And every week he's trying to escape the village, by, but also trying to learn who runs the village. Hmm. But it's this, this very uh, high concept, very uh, weird. The location is fantastic. The design is just wacky. And there's the nothing 60s, like huh? it. 
Yeah, the 60s. There's nothing else like it on television at the time, except maybe the original Star Trek. I think the original Star Trek had that similar kind of wacky kind of motif style. But The Prisoner itself was almost like a high art on television. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I will, I'm going to cue this in for my Yeah, you quarantine. can watch it on Amazon. I think you can watch the entire series on Amazon for free. Mm-hmm. Or Amazon Prime. Great. And it's wacky. There are some duds, you know, in there because the concept was originally supposed to be only seven episodes. Mm-hmm. They extended it to 17. So there's a lot of like uh, 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 fluff, but it was one of those shows that just had a clear, it started, it had a middle and it had an end. Mm-hmm. And now we see shows like that all the time. Yeah, right? right. Like I know in the 90s for me, the, the first show that I saw that on American television was, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's very weird. It's very look weird. Some people, I mean, that look at that. Yeah, that it's is very wild. The theme song, it's just wild, the, the whole look of it. Ah. And you never know what's going on. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that just like, when I watched it as a teenager, I was like, I could not get enough of it. Um, I had to learn everything. I had to learn all the secrets. Okay. I had to read the scripts. Yeah. You know? Very <laughs> it's cool. Like it's like one of those shows. It's like one of those books you read in, in high school or in college mm-hmm. where you have to like interpret it a hundred times and there's no right or wrong interpretation. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sold. I'm going to watch this for sure. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, and then in the nineties, the other show that got me was Babylon five. And it was like yeah. a science fiction show that had a beginning and middle and an end and this huge, like epic story and all that stuff. And I thought, Oh man, they should do more of those flash forward. That's what they're doing now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. Now my opinion has changed. Now I'm burnt out on it. You know, like it's like so much, like I can't binge anymore. I'm tired of binging. Yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. this why you, is this why you're interested in the anthology? Uh, this is why I'm interested in the right. anthology. You know, I love like Twilight Zone. I love all that. Like I, I love, like here's my big prestige TV that I really love. You know, I loved Mad Men. Mad yeah. Men is great. So great. And it, it has this long story, this long arc, but each episode is individual and you can actually just watch an episode and then walk away, right? Now, take that and say something like, um, what's, a, what's, a, what's a good show to, 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 to say? Say something like a Sense8. A Sense8, you got to watch the whole thing or you're screwed all the way through, right? Mm, mm-hmm. There's no stopping, right? Right. Or, or The Expanse, right? Like last season on The Expanse, you just have to watch everything, right? Galactica. Galactica, Battlestar Galactica. Oh my God. You missed an episode, you're screwed. Yeah, you can't follow anything. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. who? What? <laughs> what? How is he? He's a what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, it is a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot. And it's, it's like, oh my gosh. And, and there's so many of them now. And they're sure. all written like that. Right. They're all written in 10 episode movies. And I'm like, oh man, I just want to go back to the days when I could watch an episode you know, and watch the Enterprise fly away and be like, oh, yay, they did something. <laughs> and that is, that, you're right. That is why I'm interested in, in this anthology series because I'm able to write just 45 minutes of a singular story. Okay. And I, gotcha. I don't want to, I don't want to have to write. <laughs> I don't want to have to write 10 In episodes. season five, we discover. Yeah. 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 Season yeah. five, here's the big twist. Right, right. right? And I don't know if I'm that kind of writer anymore. Mm. I don't know if I'm like the big twist kind of writer. I like, I like very methodical kind of slow burns and 
that reveal character that isn't like this big, like huge amount emotional, you know, uh, kerfuffle or something of that nature. And maybe it's because I, I watch shows like the West wing and, you know, <laughs> Mad Men and all that. Maybe I'm just like, I like that kind of understated writing. I don't like the whole like overblown stuff anymore. Mad Men is in that sweet spot where you don't want to miss an episode, but if you do, you can dive right back in. Like yeah, you said, exactly. You can and, catch up easily. Right. Somehow. And the characters are so fully formed and the nuances in every scene and you can kind of make out, make out a lot. Right. Yeah. Great show. And, yeah. And you could pretty much just like start a new episode going, Don screwed something up. <laughs> right. That's all, that's all you need to know to get into an episode of Mad Men is Don right. screwed something up or screwed someone. Yeah. Right. So indeed. Like one of those yeah. two things. Who's pregnant now? <laughs> Yeah, who's uh, pregnant? <laughs> who had an, who had the affair? <laughs> we we were batting around the idea that there could potentially one day be a madman type series about some young person coming into their career in Manhattan right after um, Sandy, and then this the show could go right to the point of COVID because it's like this little slice of time in New York City. <laughs> That will never be the same. It's never going to be yeah. the same. Those six, seven years, uh, yeah. wild. Yeah, it's true because the whole world, I mean, I, it's, it's so funny because uh, thinking about it, like all the things that in just our generation, because I think we're around the same age, that happened is just like there's the, the Challenger explosion and then we lived yeah. through 9-11 and now right. we're living through COVID. And, and all the yeah. wars in between. Right. It's just insane for my brain to grasp some days. MTV uh, going, yeah. uh, stopping playing videos. Yeah, yeah that was the big traumatic. The big ever had. Really, <laughs> really devastating. Like, yeah, like, people what, forget. What, what's this reality yeah, show? We used to have music television that used to be a thing. MTV invented the, the reality TV thing, by, by the way. It's yeah. worth remembering. Yeah. Yeah. So much and trauma. Now, so much trauma. I mean, when the real world came out at first, I was like, mm. oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Right? Oh, this is a cool concept. I would love to see another another season. And then they did like a thousand seasons and a thousand other different shows. Yep. <laughs> and like, and they, 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 find, they stopped playing Guar videos. They stopped playing music videos. I, I, I love great music videos. I think they're the bee's knees. They're well done. Bowie? And Bowie's videos? Come on. I mean, I would, I would, I would, I remember because I was a big Janet Jackson nut when I was in junior high and high school. So anytime there was a new Janet Jackson, we're going to premiere the new Janet Jackson video. I'd be like, oh, what time? I got to stay up. <laughs> I, I don't mean to get too personal, but were you out at that point? Uh, no, I was not. In fact, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because um, I, it's, I have an interesting coming out story, so to speak. Um, uh, but, you know, in, in that time, in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was in junior high and high school, mm. you didn't really, you, you knew the kids who were like gay. And then they got Theater, Janet Jackson. Yeah. yeah. They just got ridiculed for it. Yeah. And I was like, I was very unsure because, you know, even though I say I'm gay, that's the easiest way to say it, but really I'm, I'm pansexual. Like I, I don't, as my friend says, I don't discriminate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to discriminate somewhat. I mean, do they yeah. bathe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. based on taking <laughs> Right. Fractionist. I mean, I don't, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not, but, um, 
but you know, I you know, uh, I was very conflicted because I was having all these feelings towards girls, towards boys. I didn't know what was going on, and so I was very withheld, yeah. very uptight about that stuff. Yeah. And I didn't start exploring that until college, mm. uh, and then only then was I only out to a few people who were close to me. And then you know, professionally, I was just not. Oh, I went mm-hmm. to a newsroom, a very conservative newsroom in San Diego, on my first job. Stay classy, San Diego. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? That anchorman is pretty close to how it was to work in the news business wow. down here. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, just a lot of like archaic thinking. Gotcha. And um, so I didn't, I kept that to myself there. And then when I moved to the Bay Area was when I fully started to come out. And then eventually after 20 years, I told my parents, <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of suspected um, but the you know, Janet Jackson screening parties didn't, didn't tip your hand. <laughs> and, and, and my obsession with Starfleet uniforms, you think they would have known, right? Right. <laughs> Beam me up. Yeah. yeah. I have a, my closet's filled with them. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was just a very interesting journey. You know, I end, I actually envied those. Uh, like I have friends who were just very clear from, from when they were a kid, even from my generation, right? They were just new. They mm-hmm. just knew. And I was like, God, if only I could have been like that. Yeah. Just no, be sure. Because I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to figure it out and kind of like this and there, you know. Yeah. There and all. Sure. And I can imagine. Like, yeah. It just, it just took a while. And like, and I see kids nowadays and I'm like, damn, that's so great. I wish it was like that when I was in junior high. I know there's still like, a lot of hurdles in a lot of different places. Sure. In a lot of different areas of the country that are still very uh, backwards thinking. Yeah. Um, it almost is going to vary family by family too, right? And it's and also very born into the wrong family. family. Yeah. Religion, ethnicity, yeah. all that. And, you know, I come from a, a, a Filipino Catholic family and I'm also the firstborn. So there's a lot of expectation on the firstborn in the Filipino household. Now, now my father's American, you know. Uh, well, so is my mother too, and I'm American. But you know, my my dad was was born here, and then he mm-hmm. met my mother in the Philippines. So he's a little more Americanized. But my mother still has a lot of the the Filipino uh, cultural, you know, uh, thinking. And so there was always this expectation that as the firstborn, I'd get married first, I have grandkids, I'd have da 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 da, da and that didn't happen, you know. And then I felt yeah. like I got to tell you this thing and then I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint you, but I got to tell you this thing, mm. you know, but she was very understanding and, you know, um, very, very supportive, but you know, it's, it, it's just, you know, it is that cultural, sometimes that cultural imperative. And that's also one of the reasons why I took, I, I took so long was, you know, I didn't want my mother, uh, to know for a long time. You know, uh, I always used to say the two things that, you know, if my mother went to her grave, not knowing two things about me, I'd be okay. And that's my sexuality and that I'm an atheist, you know, because those are the two big things that will break. Wow. Her yeah. <laughs> right. I come from a Catholic family. I, I understand to a point. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there, are there a lot of uh, Catholics in the, in the Philippines? It's a predominant religion because the Spanish conquered uh, the Philippines yeah. and they stayed there for about 500 years. So, so the Philippines and Mexico have almost a similar hmm. history, right? Hmm. And, um, and we, we were, we were conquered by the uh, Spanish 
we eventually got well not many but you know they eventually revolted and they got the spanish out but yeah that influenced a lot of of our culture you know uh you know we have spanish words we have some spanish customs um but mostly the catholicism and that became the primary religion um but there is also a, a large uh, contingency of uh Muslims as well in the Philippines. So yeah. those would be the two predominant Islam and, and, and Catholicism would be the two predominant religions. Well, and how did you come to atheism? How did that happen? Was it all the television? Uh, it was all this. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes I blame Star Trek. Um, yeah, right. Well, well, I used to joke, a friend and I used to joke, like you can't be a Trekkie and not, and, and believe in God, but that's not true. A lot of people who are Star Trek fans actually have a strong faith. In and I've seen Patrick Stewart act. I think there is a yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, I've seen him do not, Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not a requirement to be an atheist. In Trek. <laughs> right. I know that I have a lot of friends that are Trekkies that are, that are of the, um, uh, that have a faith. Sure. Um, but for me, it was, I was a kid. I never believed in it. I just, from the get go as a kid, I never bought into it. Huh. And, I, and I tried, I went to CCD I went to, I went to, you know, I went to uh, catechism and all of this. Yeah. Oh, catechism and all that. And, you know, I even went to church up until my thirties. Oh, wow. Oh, you know, wow. I church. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, you know, and, and then I, I almost married someone who was, who, who she was very religious. So I went to church with her, but for her, not for me. Sure. Uh, um, and I just, I just always knew, you know, I always knew that I didn't, have a, a belief in God or, or, or the belief in all that. I think there's some good things in religion, but you know, like I just didn't feel like, like my heart wasn't in it. And I think you have to have a heart uh, to have that sort of faith and devotion. And I didn't. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and to me, that was just something I just didn't need in my life, you know? Um, and I finally just kind of said, yep, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to make the decision. I'm not going to participate anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom, you know, like my mom sometimes has a hard time with it. She doesn't exactly understand <laughs> it. She still thinks I, you know, like, oh no, you're going to go to church. I'm like, no. Eventually, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. You know, I don't, I, and here's the thing about my atheism, because I don't like, I really don't like the atheist. Uh, that push it on other people. That says you yeah. have to not believe. I don't believe in God. It doesn't exist. I go, yes, I, it doesn't. I don't think it, I don't think God exists. But if you think God exists and you believe in it, that's your business. That's not mine. And it's not for me to push that on you. And I would hope you would respect me in the same way that you wouldn't push it on me, your belief on me, that we can be friends, that we can get together. We can have fun. We can enjoy each other's companies and, and have other things in common if we don't have that in common. Right. But yeah. respect each other for having those beliefs or those. those yeah. Those. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I think of it as, as almost kind of like vegetarianism, right? If you're yeah. into vegetarianism, that's fine. I don't need to hear about it at every turn and yeah. we're going to be all right. I also, I also tend to believe in what Gurdjieff said, uh, the great uh, mystic. Uh, yeah. Gurdjieff, he said, a religion is not what a man believes. It is what a man does. And I think that's yes. really yeah. critical. That's very critical. Yeah. Uh, I think that you got a lot of people. Yeah. You have a lot of people going around thinking they're one religion. And in fact, they're not. And we don't even, this is how ideology moves through the world. We don't even recognize that we're acting out the imperatives of a given ideology because that's how they work. Right. Uh, you know, so. And then, you know, and then there's the other, the unfortunate part of our society that 
uses religion as a mask for poor behavior mm-hmm. and um you know I, I mean we've seen that all throughout history and you know we we have people who say they believe in a certain tenant of things but yet act the opposite and that's the unfortunate part yeah without a doubt well so i'm trying to think when did that so that you never really believed as a, as a child, huh? So you just came, wow, that's so interesting. Usually you hear, well, I mean, I, I don't talk with too many people about this, but it's, I think what ends up happening is sort of as a teenager, I think people start to rebel a little bit and then, right, and then right. they either stick with it or they maybe revert back. It sounds like you you were just not in well, from day one. Yeah, I just, we'd, I'd go to church and be, Ugh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> sure, I'll do it. It's really relatable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, whatever. And then, you know, then, um, um, there's a there's a comedian, um, a Filipino comedian. Uh, what's his name? Rex Neverete. He has this this is wonderful bit about being a, a Filipino kid in church, and it's like all you hear is the priest going, uh, 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 you're not really paying attention, and you're goofing off, and your mom's yelling at you, and all this stuff, and which is similar to my church going experience. Uh, <laughs> this yeah, guy this right guy. here, hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. Nice. He, yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, I look up his stuff on YouTube. He's just, he's, uh, he cracks me up all the time. And um, yeah, he makes that joke about, you know, the mom's trying to pinch you and the kids are acting out. And that, that's my experience. You know, I is sit down, sit down, stop moving. And um, I just, you know, I didn't get into it. And then here's the kicker. When I was in, uh Yes. It's it's yeah. Hella Pinoy is the is the is is the. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's almost ten minutes long, so I'll uh, I'm not. This isn't a clip show, so I won't play it. But I'll check yeah. this out after the show. Yeah, cool. check it out. Um, but um, you know, I, I just I went to see CD, and I remember like the, she was the, the the teacher was telling some story about the people from Nod, and then all of a sudden I just asked. I'm like, wait, I only thought like Adam and Eve had two kids, right? Where did all oh, these? Oh, now kids? you're in trouble. And now I'm in trouble. And she's like, you don't ask those questions. Oh, no, I remember that. <laughs> but they should, be, they should be encouraging that. That would, if they, you know. Uh. And, then, and then I asked my mom, I go, I thought God rested on, seven, on the seventh day. Why do we go to church on, on Sunday? And she's like, don't ask those questions. So I just could never really get into it. Like, like yeah. my brain just could not stop like this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) and i tried i actually did try i went to church i went to i I had my first communion i went to mass yeah yeah to la i went to mass every sunday every sunday i went to mass and i would be sitting there going why am i doing this to myself why am i doing this to myself because i was trying to please my mom Sure. sure. I, we, I want my mom to be happy with the son she had. <laughs> I uh, totally understand. I totally understand. I have, I have an eleven-year-old daughter. She's going through the the steps of this. It's a thing you do almost. Uh, you, it's an obligation. You feel somehow obligated to do it. Uh, yeah. And well, you know, we're expecting. Uh, you know, uh, I'm expecting my first with my my fiance now, and we're it's just, it's the family with families Catholic on all sides. And it's sort of like, well, we're going to do the baptism and we're going to, you know, but it's very strange. Very strange. Very strange. And you know what? I'm baptized. My brother's baptized. Sure. 
It happens. I mean, there's it. There's nothing that I could have done as a baby to <laughs> right. stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's more about the yeah the the first communion and then of course I, uh, I, confirmation. I was never confirmed, I think, but I think there's a part of it too that I do enjoy because there is that familial thing, right? Mm. There is that. There is that something. There is something about it that brought my mom and my brother and me together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love, and I love Christmas too. Like, here's the contradiction, right? Here's a lot of contradictions. I'm a human being, so I'm entitled to con- my contradictions. But I love Christmas. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like, oh yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I don't believe in that, but you know, I love the holiday. I love the atmosphere. I love, I love saying Merry Christmas. I love how everyone's happy. I love saying, you know, like happy, happy Hanukkah and all that. I just love that season. That season. It is pretty special. Yeah. It's very special. And I know, you know, like I could, I could be a jerk and be like, well, you know, you know, historically, you know, Christ was probably born closer to March and da, 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 da. Yeah. Right. Right. Everybody loves that guy at the party. Yeah. Everybody loves that guy at the party. Just drink some nog. Come on, loosen <laughs> up. Jeez. Guzzle some nog, buddy. Yeah. Guzzle well, some nog. <laughs> well, what is a what's a what's a pinoy? Is that is that a slang for? Can I say that yeah. without sounding uh, yeah, like a yeah, jerk? You can say that. No, no. Okay. It's it's pinoy. Pinoy, pinoy and pinay are uh, like vernacular for Filipino and Filipino. Gotcha. It's kind of like a common thing. It's like you know, um, and we say it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, although. You know, now there's a there's a larger movement in terms of of being a little more inclusive because Pinoy, Pinay, Filipino, Filipina is very uh, masculine and feminine, and so to be a little bit more inclusive of like non-binary and and, and all of that, there's a movement to say just Filipinx, and I think Latinx. The, uh, the Latin community, the Hispanic community has already taken this and they say Latinx. Mm-hmm. So there's also a movement in the Philippines to do that. And I'm well. not going to get canceled for saying these words, am I? No, no, you're not. Okay. No, 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 no. I, had a friend, I had a friend once called me the whitest guy uh, on the planet. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. I'm German-Irish. You That's know. okay. I'm half, I'm half white too. So yeah. You know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Half white. It's so I funny, it, right? I get it, I get yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's somewhere on the, on the list of the espresso, you know, so we're all somewhere, you know, we're all coffee. I mean, we're all from the same place anyway. We come right. from the same gene pool in Africa. So. Adam and Eve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or Adam and Eve. <laughs> and Adam and Eve, yeah. Um, well, so getting back to the the prestige TV and stuff, have you what have you what have you been binge watching during this crazy oh. year? What have okay, you been going so, back to? Okay, so what I have been binge watching old stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity to watch some new shows because it gives mm-hmm. me anxiety, right? Because it's like I right. don't need that tension because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the world. And you know, I think that mirrors the the one thing that I've noticed during quarantine is that nobody's meeting anybody new in the world, really. I guess through Zoom, it's still happening. I'm busy with my do a web development agency. That's how we met. We should talk about Avaz Media. It's a v a a z media dot com. We're working on that project uh, and, and all of that. And yet out in the world, everybody's wearing a mask. Maybe you go out to a restaurant. Maybe you go out to a bar. You're trying to socially distance. You're not making new friends. So the no, same thing no. for television almost applies. It's like, I don't, I don't, I can't do anything new yeah, right, now. right now. Yeah. Which is weird because when quarantine started, uh, you know, I, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very active on Twitter. That's the social channel. I have a lot of friends because of Twitter, uh, both that I have met in person and on, on, uh, on video. What's your uh, Twitter handle? At Ryan T Riddle. All right. We'll find and you. And it's, it's all Star Trek. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. <laughs> and sometimes I get really mad at politicians. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. Okay. All right. Wow, that, that came up quick. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll follow you right now. There, we there go. you go. And I'll follow you back. Oh, all right. Yeah, you better. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've met, but that's how I found out about this horror anthology project. Um, and I, you know, uh, the guy who, who, who started it, great guy, uh, Christian, he, you know, he just kind of like Christian elder and he just kind of got us all, he just group of us together. We didn't, a couple of them knew each other already, but a lot of us didn't know each other. And now we're, we're working on this project and, and we're just kind of like, that's the newest group of people I've met other than the team I've assembled at Avaz. Yeah. <laughs> and you, and you know, I, I should take it back. We are still meeting people in the world. It's yeah, happening yeah. all we'll through, but it's happening person. through this mediation. Yeah. yeah. It, it's weird because it's like, I haven't, I haven't physically seen a friend in, I since February yeah. when I went yeah. to San Francisco. Because I went to San Francisco for, for my best friend's birthday. And then I come back and then all of a sudden you can't go anywhere anymore. Done. You're, <laughs> yeah, done. you're done. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And well, I, so, so you've been watching old stuff. What have you been watching? All right. So I've been watching a lot of the old Star Trek. All right. That's my go-to. Whenever I feel crappy, I feel bad. If I feel like I just need a break from the world, I throw on an episode of Star Trek. It's Star Trek has gotten me through a lot. Uh, it's gotten me through some mental health issues, some addiction issues, mm. and all of this stuff. And it's it's been the one constant in my life. Um, and you're a an original OG, original Kirk, OG, Spock, Kirk and Spock, McCoy. You know, I have. Here, is it? It's Chekhov, Hulu. Uh, is it Ahura? Ahura. You know, I've got my I've got my old school phaser. All right. Like yeah. You know, just so that I can, you know, punish any naughty, uh, naughty writers on my team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and my room is filled with all sorts of stuff. I'm a big Star Trek and then also Superman fan. So I have a lot of Superman memorabilia as well. And that's the other thing I watch. Like, I've been watching a lot of old Superman cartoons, um, movies, and stuff like that. Uh, but those are my go-to. I've also been watching a lot of, um, I've been watching a lot of, like, old sitcoms yes <laughs> no, yeah, yeah see exactly there you are that's me that's thank me. you thank you kirsten for the wonderful art peniel colada at peniel colada on I, twitter does these psychedelic portraits pretty fun i really love my eyes in that last picture it makes me feel like i'm like <laughs> <laughs> space madness <laughs> That's yeah, right. Cartoon space. Yeah, madness. space madness. There you go. Nice. Awesome. Cool. And, uh, but I've been watching a lot of that. But I've also been watching a lot of old sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Like Frasier. Okay. You know. Uh, I can get behind Frasier. Yeah, Frasier's great. I love Frasier. Seinfeld. What, what can you say? The greatest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the classics, right? Mm. Uh, I've been Did watching you... a lot of. Oh, I'm going to ask, did you ever watch Black Books? 
Mm, no, I haven't. Let me turn you on to Black Books. It's a British sitcom about oh, a... Oh, yes. <laughs> It is about a curmudgeonly used bookstore uh, book owner who hates his customers. And it's played by an Irish comedian uh, whose name escapes me. Uh, but I, I saw him do stand... He's fantastic. I could look it up. But they're great. It's uh, Black you know, Books. Okay, Black Books. So if it's on BritBox, I will watch it. <laughs> it will almost certainly be there. It is so funny. And I, I worked at a used bookstore for a period of time. So totally relatable. Any, yeah. any, anyway, you, you were saying? I also worked, well, I worked at a college used bookstore. Mm. I didn't work at an actual used, used bookstore. This one was um, right off campus. I can still smell it, that old Yeah, I was smell. on the one in campus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I've been watching a lot of episodes of Are You Being Served, which is this raunchy, British comedy from like the seventies to the eighties. And I mean, I, I, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't put that on the air today. I don't think, (laughs) I think you'd get like tons of letters uh, from every organization going, I don't know about this show. That's the good stuff. Right. So it's Dylan Moran, Graham Lennon, and he's quite famous. Yeah. Wonderful black books. And, uh, you know, it's this used bookshop in London. I spent I've spent quite a lot of time in that London. That looks like the I I've seen that bookshop. Uh, I've I been bet. to London a few times in in, in my day. Right. And I was last there in 2017. That looks like a I I don't know if it's the same one, but it kind of they all look the same. Doesn't it just <laughs> give you a feeling of warmth and kind of? It does. Uh, like oh man. Um, yeah. What was the one you were mentioning? Which is it? Are you being served? I don't I've heard of it. I don't think you could get away with that show nowadays because uh, it's, 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 it's double entendre in mm-hmm. place or, well, I should say more like single entendre. <laughs> 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 well, it, it, is it anything like Faulty Towers? Uh, it's a little bit, yeah. And it, it has a lot to do with like levels of class mm-hmm. in Britain, especially mm-hmm. back in those days where like, you know, there, everything was very like, you're up here and you're down here. Every down here. last word out of your mouth was being listened to so yeah. they could peg you within the social order. Right, exactly. There's a social order. And the, and, the, and the powder keg of the store where they all work, there's very much the social order of like the, the, the department manager, the floor manager, the, the menswear manager, the ladies wear manager, and then all the subordinates. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's where all the comedy comes from. Those interactions and it's very like, and then they have like, which I think he's one, for me, he is the greatest gay icon. Not, you know, I don't think he's not, I don't think he's as well known as, you know, some of the ones that get, you know, like Lubera, you know, all this stuff, right? Uh, Elton John, but John Inman is just as, as Mr. Humphreys on that show. You don't know if he is or if he isn't, and they play mm-hmm. with that a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, he was my like great gay icon when I was a teenager. All right. You know? he, just, he just makes me laugh. He just makes me, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's a great show. That, uh, and the other one I've been watching is The IT Club. I love IT the IT crowd. club. IT crowd. I love the oh. IT crowd. If, yeah, you like the, if you like the IT crowd, you're going to love uh, Black Books. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, 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 T. Crowd just. Oh my gosh, I just I love that show a lot. Like Maurice, just incredible. <laughs> I've watched that show from beginning to end at least three times. Yeah, same and, here. There was a yeah. period of time where I wasn't working and just writing at home, mm-hmm. and so that was on the TV as I'm like writing my scripts. Their friend, the goth, 
who's yeah. <laughs> hiding in the back room the entire time. Well, the one new show that I have really gotten into, maybe because it isn't as serious or it isn't, you know, it doesn't create a sense of tension in my chest, mm-hmm. is what we do in the shadows. Ah, right. The yes. guy from Concords. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, that show is great. And it has Matt Berry, who was on the IT crowd. Aha, uh-huh, right. And Matt Berry did, what was it? Toast of London, which is pretty Toast funny. of London, which is yep. great. Yep. And Toast of London has a Star Trek uh, connection too. Because mm. one of the, uh, Clem Fandango was on Star <laughs> Trek Discovery. Clem Fandango. And so whatever, whatever he was in his scene in Star Trek Discovery, I would tweet out, Clem, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> I did voiceover when I was living in London. So every time I watched that, I go, yep, I know what that's like. Very relatable. Uh, let's talk about, for the last five minutes, real briefly, talk about Avaz Media and what we're doing sure. here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up on the screen for those, of, uh, those who are watching right. this. If you're just listening, we'll talk about it. And it's, it, again, it's at avazmedia.com, A-V-A-A-Z, media.com and you co-founded this this year ryan so right yeah and, 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 uh, amisha uh who is our who's the founder started this and then she roped me into it she's like hey hey you want to help me out and build this platform this sort of community for brown geeks uh mainly focusing on those who are sort of not as represented in in, in television, film, and pop culture, South Asians, Filipinos, uh, that sort of thing. And that's how it first started. And, you know, we were hoping, right now it's, we've got the site up uh, and you can view it, uh, as Kevin said, avazmedia.com. And, you know, we're writing about pop culture and, and what it means to us and, and writing what it does mean to be a brown geek. Because we think, we actually think of brown geek as in- inclusive. Right, we think of it as like anyone can be a brown geek, right? Um, even e- even someone like you, Kevin, who you uh, said is the whitest guy. All right? right, okay, I'll right. take it. Uh, yeah, so you know, we want it to be an inclusive space for everyone, but we also want it to be able to tell people uh, or have people who are typically marginalized in like Hollywood and in other uh, avenues to have a pl- place where they can see and tell their stories. And this really started because Amisha and I are very keen on telling our story, getting our story out. Um, because there are a lot of great, there's a great stride in representation now in Hollywood, both in animation and in television. And that's great. And, and we're slowly now starting to see some consideration behind the scenes. And we want to see more of that. I want to see more of that for sure. Um, I would like to see shows that have diverse writers rooms, that have a diverse staff. Um, and so this is, this project is near and dear to my heart because we're trying to create that for ourselves and hopefully be able to foster future talent, uh, as we go, as, as we continue to grow, uh, on and on. I think it's great and I'm happy to be, to be a part of it in, yeah, with and, the and web development. A spectacular yeah. job well, thank getting, you. getting this site up. Yeah. It's, that yeah, that it's in been, itself is Herculean, right? Yeah. It's been, it's been a fun project and, you know, I'm really yeah. happy with some of the design that we have behind it. And, uh, obviously it's just a, a start. Uh, so the goal is, you know, you're going to launch a podcast for this as well. Is that coming? Yeah, we're going to launch a podcast. Uh, it, uh, the, uh, the first one, we're going to, we're going to launch a couple of podcasts. Um, 
one will be more of a like this, you know, commentary, talk show, talking uh, back and forth. Um, but also we want to do one that's more of an original kind of dramatic show. And uh, what that is, is still being figured out. <laughs> I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but uh, we, we are looking to try to do a uh, podcast here in the next six weeks, at least the first episode of it, uh, the pilot. And I'm working with a very young, uh, talented writer, Tamara, and then another writer, Sim. And they've come up with a great concept that I think is going to be fantastic once we, uh, once we put it all together. And, uh, you know, I, I think audio, there's a good, there's, there's a good, there's a good audience for audio mm-hmm. um, uh, drama. We're in a golden age of television. Yeah. Still, sure. it's yeah. gone on and on, which is fantastic because yeah. it used to be a place A-list people avoided. Oh, yeah. Now everyone wants to be in it. Fan- it's everyone been the way for 10 years. Amazing. Love it. And... It's- and yeah. it's kind of weird because, you know, like that, yeah, it, everyone was like, oh, cinema, cinema. And now yeah. it's all TV, TV, yeah. TV. Yeah. And cinema is where like the kind of like the more mainstream entertainment stuff is happening. Mm. Well, I loved as a teenager, one thing that got me through uh, sometimes was Mystery Science Theater 3000. I oh, am yes, such a nerd yes. for that. I've seen it live. I, it. Yeah. I follow Joel on, on Twitter. What a great thing. And that's a great Minnesota represent because that started as yeah. a uh, public access show in the Twin Cities here. So pretty fun. There was, there was uh, I don't know, you might be able to find this on. I found it on YouTube. I, I don't, if I find the link again, I'll send it to you. But uh, there was this guy who actually built the satellite of love out of uh-huh. Lego. Okay. Open up one end and yeah. it's Joel and them with, you know, the scientists giving them the whatever. Uh-huh. And then if you go to the back and you open up, it's the theater and they're watching a movie and all of it is made out of Legos. Even the, even this, the movie on the screen. Oh, I it's, think I, I think I found it here. Let me, let me yeah. pull it up. Yeah. And while I'm doing that, uh, Ryan, tell, tell people again where they can find you. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan, at Ryan T Riddle. And you can follow me there for more time and space adventures. Yes, that's it. Amazing. Yeah. And there's the, the cinema, the movie theater is yeah, right the there. Theater. Amazing. And all the hallways to get there. Yep. Uh, yep. And then you can also find me at avazmedia.com uh, where I, I've written a few articles and you can also look me up on my own personal website, ryanthomasriddle.com. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Let's do it again after yes. your podcast comes out. The Avaz stuff takes off. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll do it again uh, in the future. But I really appreciate yeah. you coming on. This is, this is great. Yeah, no, this is I, great fun. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, I hope it went fast. I'm, uh... <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I noticed that an hour went by. Yeah, there you go. All right. So <laughs> it's one, one less hour we have to spend in our own heads during, during the year 2020. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. And I'm, I'm Kevin Kautzman. This is the Get This Podcast, where wherever you find your podcasts, uh, it's getthisshow.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, now YouTube. And uh, I appreciate you listening, watching, wherever you are in the world. Take care of yourself. Beam me up, Ryan. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Later. Take care, man. Nice Take work. Care. All right, later. Thanks. Yep.
Thank you.